When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. This is Kurt Dimer, and you're listening to Jay Scott on The Hook Rocks. Hail, hail, black sheep. We are blood, we are family. Everybody, I just got home from my mom's, went over there for dinner, made, paid a visit to the old neighborhood. She made meatloaf. So I got some meatloaf in my belly and I'm ready to talk some music. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. Something for everybody on Pantheon. We got the Hanging and Banging Podcast with Ron and Esty, Carmen Apice, and Vinny Apice. Martin Popoff, The Rock Historian, Mistress Carrie, Decibel Geek, and my friends Tom and Zeus from the number one rated KISS podcast, Shout Out Loudcast. So check them out. Check out all the episodes of The Hook Rocks wherever you do podcasts. Set your app for automatic download, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon, whatever, or wherever you listen, we are available. If you do set your app to automatic download, you get all the new episodes right to your phone whenever they do drop, and you have access to all 360 episodes we've done prior to this one. So check that out. We've had some great episodes along the way, especially over the last few months with some great new music spotlights with Georgia Thunderbolts, Scarlet Rebels, Takeaway Thieves, Gersh and the Chronicles, The Mysterines, Fortune Child, Naked Gypsy Queens. You name it with the new bands they've been on, and we're continuing to always spotlight new music and new artists. 
We've had some great legacy artists. We had Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy and Ty Tabber from King's X. We've got more to come in that regard and some great commentary on what's happening in the music business, like what's happening in streaming and the future of streaming with Christian Eagle. We had our audio expert, Skylab Tapes, visit us talking about the future of music platforms like vinyl, cassette, CD, and streaming. And don't forget the live album review did we did back in February with Robin the Hood talking the live album Rockin' the Fillmore, one of the great live albums in the past. Gosh, has it been 60 years since that album came out? Whatever it was, but it's great nonetheless. And we have another great episode. We're going to be talking some new music, but kind of a, a different format. We're going to dive deep in some bands that we've talked about a lot over the last couple of years. And I'd like to welcome in Carl from New Classic Rock in North America. You can follow him on Twitter at NCRNNA. I believe he's also on Facebook. Maybe he's on Instagram. He'll tell us if he is or not. He is. Um, But we're going to talk new music, new emerging bands. But welcome aboard, Carl. Thanks for being, thanks for doing this. Great to be here, Jay. So we always start with this with the famous first question that we've always asked every time we have a new guest on the show. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls the listener in and makes them rock fans. Every rock fan has that moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hook them on rock and roll. What was it for you? <laughs> uh that's a crazy question. That's a crazy question. And the reason why it's a crazy question is because it's such a you know, so as growing up as a little kid, you know, you watch you watch TV and you see you know, different TV shows and things like that. And one of the shows, and it, man, I even hate telling this story. Uh, one of the shows that my friends and I would watch was The Monkees. And it was on repeats. It wasn't first run or anything like that. And because there wasn't a lot of, you know, back in the day, there wasn't much choice of what you got to see. And The Monkees were on there. And we're like, this band's great. The Monkees, man, these guys are awesome. You know, they do these songs. The girls are all over them. So it's the monkeys and uh, there's like one of those, uh, whatever those, you know, that they sell the albums on TV. Like I can't remember the name of KTEL or something like that. Sell the, sells the uh, albums on, and we're like, we need to get this. And it's like this monkeys double album with all their best hits on it. We're like, we got to get this. So my friend and I pulled our money together and we ordered that, uh, we ordered that album, uh, the double album. We were going to share it. He was going to have it for a week. I was going to have it for a week. And apparently I didn't, end up that way because i still have that album uh, and i think it's been i don't know however many years since then probably easily 30 years but uh yeah so i still have that album yeah it looks like junk right now it's so scratched up uh we misused it apparently when we were in our younger years uh but that's how it got started so it was the monkeys and i came probably stepping stone or something like that or uh last train to clarksville i don't know something like that's probably what got us hooked into it Everybody watched the monkeys from our generation, though. It was it was a thing, you know. I mean, like you said, there wasn't a lot to watch on TV. It was pre it was pre cable, you know. Yeah. You basically had four or five different options, four or five different channels to watch. And during the day or late, you know, late afternoon before evening, they would have those reruns of the monkeys on. You know, it was that it was the Hulk. You know, it was uh, Courtship of Eddie's Father. It was the old Spider-Man cartoon, and it was the Monkees, and and a great space coaster too, as well. But there you go. yeah, the Monkees was 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 a huge thing um, for for our generation because 
you know, they were musicians. It was kind of comedy. It was kind of funny. It was kind of adventure. You know, they'd have a different thing going on every week. And uh, yeah, everybody, everybody listened to that, man. Oh, it's just a weird entry into rock and roll, though. Uh, it was part of it, though. You know, I mean, it's all it's all relative. I mean, very Beatlesque, you know, very uh, oh, yeah. British Invasion. And how many how many members are still alive? Two, Peter and Mickey. There, Peter just recently. Yeah, I think, passed. It might be just yeah. I think it's just Mickey yeah, now. The Mickey yeah. Dolans, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. And I think he's going ahead because he was supposed to be doing that tour with Mike Nesmith or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, and then he just passed as well too. Or I can't, or maybe it was Peter Torque. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. It's not like I'm up on my monkeys trivia these days, but, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah. But apparently he's still touring right now, which is, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, that's got, he's got to be in his late seventies. Right. Well, but that's a good point about getting into new music though, too, because the people you grew up with, you know, they're not, they're not going to be around forever. And no, uh, no. I mean, that's what I've been talking about talking to people lately. It's like, look, you know, yeah, you can still love Led Zeppelin. You can still love Rush. You can still love a lot of these bands, you know, and there's a few of them are still out there. And apparently, you know, Rolling Stones are still touring and apparently uh, they still look good on stage and they get around there. But you saw Phil Collins just recently. He looks not well. Uh, it, you know, and that was his last one because he had to sit down and, and, and sing there. You know, so these guys, they're not going to be there forever. So the people who are stuck on these old bands and telling me like, well, this band's not as good as this band. This band's not as good as this band's like, well, you know what? Those bands aren't making new music and they're not going to be touring either. So you want to, you know, you want to see new music. You want to see live music. You have to go start taking a look at some of these new bands and they're not on radio. I always compare it to a sports team. I love sports. And, uh, you know, whether you're a baseball, hockey, football fan, whatever, if you're a fan of that franchise, that franchise players come and go, they get traded, they get, they sign new ones as free agents. They have rookies that they draft. You're still a fan of that franchise. You start, you learn to like the new players. Granted, you know, if you're a Yankee fan, there's not going to be too many players that are better than Jeter. It's going to be any, you know, players that are better than Babe Ruth or Mickey Mantle or Joe DiMaggio, but. The guys that are on a team are pretty damn good, right? Yeah. And, and you know, it's just kind of like the emerging rock scene. You know, the, these bands are pretty damn good, you know, and they shouldn't, you shouldn't compare them to Zeppelins or the ACDCs or the Van Halen. No. Let them carve their own path. Um, you know, it's funny how the music fans our age are so picky when it comes to bands because, oh, they sound like Led Zeppelin. They sound like this. That's why they don't like them. But then there's bands that are original. Oh, they're not as good as Led Zeppelin. They're not as good as... What do you want? Like, what do you want? You say you don't want bands that sound like clones of those bands, but then you won't listen to the bands that don't sound like clones of those bands. So is it just that you're crabby and you're a curmudgeon and you don't want to listen? You're like that old man, that get off my lawn type of mentality. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, what is it? Because the new bands, in my opinion, are just as good as the classic bands. They're carving their own paths. And someday, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, we will look back on a handful of these bands. Because it's, it's only really a handful in different periods where you will say these bands are legacy acts. Granted, there's a heck of a lot more great bands, too. But usually only a handful of the bands reach that stadium superstar status but there is plenty of other great bands too that don't but you know that are good you know as well 
Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% in agreement with that. And actually, it's funny you say that because that's kind of my almost exactly my thoughts on it, too. Yeah, you're right. Not every band is going to be a stadium band. It's just not going to happen. It, it, mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's kind of like not everybody's going to like with your sports analogy. Not everybody's going to be Joe Montana. Not everybody's going to be able to be that top you know, player and stuff like that. You know, there's going to be a lot of good players or really good players. So I, I think what the criteria has to be is that do, can I go see this band? Am I going to have a good time listening to their music? Because that's, you know, that that's how it started out. And that's how these bands started out, too. You know, like Led Zeppelin, they didn't start out being some, you know, some band that was playing stadiums right away. They, you know, they were playing in the pubs. And, 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 you know, when people were like, this is good. I had a great time when I was listening to them. And that should be the criteria right there. Do I have a good time listening to this band? Like, I I took a bunch of, uh, I convinced a bunch of people to, it's like, look, I look into a lot of new bands. There's going to be a band at this small club here in town. I really like them how about we get a bunch of people and go see this band? And, you know, it was like, well, you know, are you sure they're okay? I'm like, yeah, no, they're a good band. They're a good band. And we went to see him. It was Zeta. And uh, okay. we took, we took him to the show and, uh, and had to, had to beg them to stay because the band that opened up for him was, they were terrible. Uh, and they were getting a little bit, a uh, little bit antsy about the show. And they're like, yeah, maybe this other band's going to stink too that Carl wants us to see. I'm like, no, 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 let's stay out. And then we were hanging out in the back and Zeta actually came back out and was like, Hey, what are you guys doing back here? And, uh, I said, well, we're waiting for this other band to get done because it's, it's so bad. And he's like, and I was like, I'm like, Hey, he's from the band we want to see. And everybody, they started talking to him. So everybody's like, maybe we should wait for this guy. This guy seems pretty nice. We should go see this guy. And they waited and they got to the end of the show. I was like, this is a great show. And there's, first of all, Houston's not a great rock town. It's not supported by the radio stations. So we have a hard time here with that. There's 30 people at this show. I don't want to dissuade bands from coming to Houston because I really want you to come here. But uh, it, it's it's tough because radio doesn't support it at all. So let's, I'm trying to do my best to try to let people know what bands are, but then Zeta put on a heck of a show. You know, they, they played to the audience. They played great music. They did a few covers as well too, which I know not, yeah, you shouldn't do a full show full of covers. You do your, do you do your music. Can't even talk today, but, uh, but you know, and everybody enjoyed the show. So now I got them convinced to come see the next show and see the next show. Like the last show we just went to was a uh, classless act, joyous wolf, Dorothy uh, got a friend and his daughter to go because his daughter actually likes Dorothy. His mom's like, or her mom is saying, you know, I, I have no idea who this band is. I'm like, no, they're a good band. They're a good band. You should go too. Um, so I just try to get as many people to go with us as possible. You know, the lack of support and not just Houston, but all over. I mean, that is yeah. an issue with rock music. Um, usually the big markets have some rock radio stations that are supportive. You rely on some college radio but it's hard out there. You know, I mean, I, I mean, is there is there a rock radio station in Lincoln, Nebraska? I don't know. Maybe there is no idea, you know. But the other thing that needs to be needs to be said is when you talk about these young bands that are emerging and these great new bands to go see them. You're not breaking the bank either. You know, yeah. you're going to spend probably for two tickets, 60 bucks, maybe. You know, on the high end, you know, I'm going to see the Mysterines at the Cobra Lounge in Chicago. Tickets are 10 bucks a piece. Yeah. How how can you beat that? Right. I'm going to see Drab. I'm going to see Drab in Chicago. I think the tickets are 14 bucks a a, a piece. So, you know, you, you know, people want to, again, have it, you know, what do they want? They, they, they complain all these big artists are 
making hundreds of dollars on tickets and charging hundreds of dollars in tickets. Yes, that's just the way things are now. But you can go see these young bands for next to nothing. And they're accessible. They're at the merch table. They're walking around the, the club or theater that you're at. You can talk to them. They're, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're accessible, more accessible than the young bands were in the 80s when I was going to shows. You know, you didn't see bands like, LA Guns or Motley Crue or any of those bands walking around, you know, smaller venues at the time. They were in their bus. They were waiting to go on. Um, but here, you know, they're they're at the merch table after they perform at the end of the shows. It's a good way for you to talk to them, buy merch, support them. And it's 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 a great community that is building. And these young bands really do support each other. Um, I've talked, I talk with, with Greg from Joyous Wolf on that. And he said, yeah, the, 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 the new bands really interact well with each other. And it's really good to see because there is a force building with these new bands. And one of the tours that we're going to talk about what you just mentioned is Dorothy, Joyous Wolf and Class of That's going to be our subject for today. They are three bands, three emerging bands. They're all kind of at different stages in their career. Dorothy's been around for about a half dozen years. Um, I saw her pre-pandemic, I think it was 2018 or 2019 with Nick Perry uh, opening up at the Bottom Lounge in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I saw Joyous Wolf twice last summer. Um, great, two great shows. I saw one of the shows with, was with Of Limbo, another band from Long Beach. The third act is Classless Act that's been part of the L.A. scene now for at least four or five years. They've had a lot of different changes in the band. Slash's son used to be the drummer when they first started out. These are three great emerging bands. I also want to say it again. I've mentioned this before on the show. Matthew Wake, great music writer, music critic, critic, wrote an article in 2018 15 other bands to listen to besides Greta Van Fleet. All three of these bands were on that list. In fact, every band that he mentioned has done something or has done or has had a, a, a part in the new emerging rock scene, at least here in North America. Check out that article. Just Google Matthew Wake bands besides Greta Van Fleet and it'll pop up. I've got a bookmark. I always check in with it. But you just recently went to the show. Yeah. Um, you had a lot of great things to start, you know, to, to say about it. Uh, how was the show? Show was great. First of all, well, one part, and I think Dorothy would agree with this is that because the mic, the power to the mic went out during the middle of a middle of her show and, uh, they had to wait for uh, a way for the power to get back on there. So that was the one blip, but other than that great show, first of all, classless act started out the show, uh, I always like it when an act comes on on time. You know, I know that's a, a minor thing, but they came out on time. They were there, you know, Derek Day, lead singer. He's a showman. Man, he's active. Uh, it's funny because there was another band, a local band in Houston, uh, DML Conspiracy. They were, uh, One of the guys from the band was at the show, too. And uh, he's been posting on it on his Instagram talking about this guy has enormous energy. He goes, man, I have, I have a new I, I am a, they have a new fan right now. This band was incredible. The energy they have on stage, he puts on a show, plays to the crowd. Plus, he's got a great voice too. He's got a great rock voice. You know, well, that's the thing. So you say, is he a vocalist? Is he a singer? I think he's both. Uh, but yeah, put on a great show. They were active. Uh, Griffin Tucker, great guitarist, put on a great show. The rhythm guitarist put on a great show. Was his name 
I can't remember. Is it Dane? I think it is. Um, but man, they were tight. The music was good. Uh, my friend's uh, daughter who was there to see Dorothy was like, this band is really good. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm trying to tell you. And as a matter of fact, I had a discussion with some people today because they're going to see that Motley Crue uh, show this uh, this summer. And Classes Act is one of the acts on that on that on that uh, lineup as well too. And they're like, well, who's who's opening up? Uh, and I told them. They said, well, what are they like? And there was a guy. So I posted uh, posted one of the songs from uh, Classless Act on there. And one of the comments was, this band sounds like a cross between Ugly Kid Joe and Quiet Riot. And I was like. That's not bad. I don't know if I 100% agree with that, but that's not bad. That's not a bad idea. And then two good bands, two bands I like. Uh, but, you know, man, they put on a heck of a show. But, you know, so Joyous Wolf, it's funny. So you were talking about how the, how they interact with the crowd and they're at the merch table. Well, that was Nick Reese. So the you know the lead singer from Joyous Wolf, there he was after the show. He was the guy. He worked their merch table from the time they finished the – at the time they finished their uh, their uh, their show, all the way through Dorothy, and he was there the whole time talking to people. Anybody who came up, very interactive, uh, wants to interact with the crowd. And you're right; I think they need to do that, and I think they know they need to do that, and because they need to connect. But their show, I've been telling people for a long time, well, for as long as I've known about Joyous Wolf. Here's a band I think that really has a real shot at making it. And I think Classless Act does as well, too. And I think, like you mentioned before, you know, 15 bands that, you know, you should know about other than Greta Van Fleet. Definitely think that once. I think they need more material uh, and they need to get out on the road and do more tours. This is a great tour for them. But, I mean, things you want to see from a good band. You know, you want to see them play tight. You want to see them play to the crowd. You want to see them act. You want to have energy. You get all that with these bands. Uh, you know, and it goes back to what I was saying before. What do you want to see when you're going to see a band? You want to have a good time. You want to like the music and you want to enjoy yourself. You get that from these bands. Joyous Wolf, tight. Oh, man. And that guitarist. And I was I've been beating up my son with figuratively speaking uh, with uh, with clips from that show. Because like, man, you would love this guitarist because my son plays guitar and. His uh, what's it? Blake Allard, I think, is the guitarist yeah, name. Blake. Uh, he plays his style is very yeah. His style is very similar to my son's my son's style. I was like, you missed it, man. You would have loved to see this guy play. Uh, you know, he has a lot of your style. Uh, and he has in man in the way he plays and the, the feel he plays with too. You would have loved it. And uh, but yeah, so I've been killing him with you know all kinds of clips from that show and then the guy from dml conspiracy put some nice clips up as well too and i've been sending them to him as well uh but yeah great guitar player so if you, i mean so if you're a guitar fiend and that's what you want to go see shows go see joyous wolf uh go see classes act and then dorothy I, i'm not as familiar with their new guitarist I, I know nick perry had been there in the past and i love well, nick, nick perry, perry open nick perry opened for her nick perry wasn't part of the band oh did he didn't he play with her at one point i don't think so I could be wrong. Okay. May I miss, mix that up in my mind? I'd like to have an encyclopedic uh, memory of everything, but uh, man, there's just too much stuff out there. But yeah, so she killed it. She played to the crowd. The crowd was there for her. Uh, it, you know, and the songs were tight. <laughs> her voice. I think the first time I heard her sing, I was thinking, wow, this person can do a lot of stuff and should be bigger, much bigger than she is right now. And then uh, one of my, my, actually one of my daughter's favorite bands, 
Um, and she would have, if she didn't have a big giant biology test the next day, she would have been, she would have seen her in Austin the night before on a, well, on a Saturday. One of the things that you mentioned about the, the, um, the two bands that opened up Classes Act and Joyous Wolf was, is the fact that yes, they don't have a lot of material. I think Classes Act has yet to release their first debut album. And I know that's coming at some point. I think this spring, I hope it comes before the stadium tour. Uh, that way they can, you know, take that momentum and, and add it to some album sales if need be. Uh, but Derek Day uh, does have a lot of energy. Even when I, I interviewed him last year, uh, it just came through during the interview of the energy that he has. And I've seen him perform. You will see the videos. He really, I mean, he is a, a old school style front man where he really gets into it, pours everything into a performance, having Griffin uh, Tucker uh, play guitar, especially close to his hometown in Houston, um, yeah. had to be a big treat for him. I can't wait to see them here at the end of the month and uh, talk with Griffin, too, about the opportunity. He's been a great fit with the band. Great guitar player. Um, he's uh, getting in that band at the right time. They've had a lot of changes um, over the years. That's probably one of the reasons why they've had been had so many delays with their new album but then there's joyous wolf too as well who has only the ep and two singles fearless and odyssey odyssey is a fantastic tune i don't know if they've ever played that live i've never seen them play it live i hope they do play it because it's one of their best and fearless to me is just a monster song too as well nick reese again has so much energy works the uh the crowd is there at the merch table um were really friendly to my son when I took him to see them. Blake to me is a fantastic guitar player. Um, and he gets lost in, in these playing. He's got his eyes closed. He's just totally feeling it. And then, you know, Robert and Greg, you know, really hold the line too, playing, you know, the, the, the rhythm section. Um, yeah, you are correct. Nick Perry did play for Dorothy. So I was wrong. I just was looking that up while you were talking and he did. Uh, he filled in for Owen Berry um, in the winter of 2019, uh, starting in the summer of 2018 through the winter. So, yes, Nick Perry, I did see him with Dorothy playing guitar. It's so hard because he had that memory fog because of COVID. And it's like, <laughs> did he open for Dorothy or did he play? And I thought he opened for Dorothy, but you are correct, Carl. Um, but getting to Dorothy, uh, first of all, with Classic Act and Joyous Wolf, We've only heard two songs from Classes Act. They've both been great. They've both been phenomenal. Joyous Wolf, the EP, Odyssey and Fearless. Their songwriting is yeah. getting better and better. Um, I was talking to a guitar player of another band that's probably a few years ahead of them. Uh, and one of the comments that he said to me was, Joyous Wolf has to make it because their songs are so damn good. And he is absolutely right. I mean, the songs Fearless is so well done. Odyssey, so well done. Their EP in Mississippi Queen. And I think the other song yeah. they did was Slow Hand, which was an original. Um, and those are both mentioned in that Matt Wake article too, as well. But, uh, but fantastic songwriters, both bands. Dorothy, again, great songwriter, great performer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to hear this new album was disappointed that she w did not um, tour with rival sons as originally announced. That was kind of a disappointment because that would have been a great bill. Not that Ida May was bad. I, I love Ida May. That was the band that 
um, became the, uh, the fill in for Dorothy's dates, but yeah, she is a great songwriter. She's great with the visual too in her videos. Um, she's got kind of an Ann Wilson, Grace Slick type of, uh, influence in her singing, uh, very, um, very powerful voice, very, uh, a great presence on stage as all three, uh, front, front men or, or women, you know, have on all that. I mean, they're, they're all three of them are, are extraordinary. And her oh. band, I forget the name of the guitar player, but, but one of our members of the, of the groove council that we both belong to, Fossil Man, was talking about the guitar player. Um, and I forget what band he was in before, but he's a solid guitar player too, as well. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. But going back to that, though, if you just want to go see, if you're that person who loves a band for their guitar player, go see those three bands. Yeah. I mean, you're going to. You know, and if you go in there for great vocals, you're going to get that too. Uh, you know, Nick can sing; he can sing great. Uh, Derek Day's a great singer. Dorothy, man, that voice so strong. She, you know, she did that. Uh, that do uh, I don't do you call it a duet? But did that song with Tempt uh, not that long? Was it Living Dangerously or something okay. like that? Okay. Yeah, uh, that's coming up. It's a little bit different style than what she normally does because it has that more of that Def Leppard feel to it, the hysteria Def Leppard feel to it. Uh, because that's kind of Temp's thing, I think, is what they're going for. I could be wrong, but that's what it sounds like to me. Um, but yeah, you got three bands, you know, three bands are just killing it right now. Um, I agree. I mean, they they just, their songs are, are fantastic. Like I said, the disappointing thing is they, you know, especially Classic Act and Joyce Wolf, is they have very limited material. That should change yeah. by the end of this year at some point. I know. Classless Act has an album that's ready to go. I don't know if they've announced the release date on that. They do have two songs, two singles that have come out. So that hopefully means at some point they're going to be, you know, they're going to have those albums out. Joyous Wolf, I know I spoke with Nick at the show last year, the second show I saw him. And then Greg and Robert kind of alluded to it during the interview that it's some, you know, they will have new music out hoping for the spring, hoping for maybe early summer. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to hear what they've done. And Dorothy, uh, I don't know when her album is going to be coming out. I don't know if it's been announced. April 22nd. April 22nd. So it's going to be this month. That's awesome. So fantastic. She'll have the new album out before I see them on the 30th at the house of blues here in Chicago. Fantastic stuff. Um, so classless act played an all original set except for one cover. And that was Civil War by Guns N' Roses, and they killed it. And they killed it. Uh, you know, so if you're going to cover Civil War, it's kind of an epic, you know, type of song. You better kill it. They killed it. But they, but they played other stuff that's going to be on that album that's coming out. Is uh, so they play. they played like six or seven songs, but just one cover. So it was uh, you know unreleased the two and the two singles. Uh, now, the Joyous Wolf. I know when I saw them over the summer, I think they did two songs. I think they did Mother Rebel. And I can't remember the other song they did. And then the rest was all new stuff. Yeah, no, they closed with Mother Rebel. Um, they did not play Odyssey. And I'm kicking myself because I thought about it. And then I went, because I went over to talk to Nick Reese about it. And I was going to ask him, why don't you guys play Odyssey live? And then I forgot to do it. And I was driving home and I remembered it again. I was like, oh, man. Because uh, I would have loved it. I like that song a lot. I, I, I think I've talked to some people who are kind of meh on it. I love it. The video is awesome, too. If you want to see a cool video that goes along with the song, go see Odyssey by Joyce Wolf because it's a great video, too. Um, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I hope 
they play that. And if they I hope they add that to their set, if, if they're listening by chance, please put Odyssey in the set because it's a fantastic <laughs> song. It is an awesome song. Um, not as good as Fearless. Fearless is fantastic, but it's pretty close. It's it's damn close. But I hope they do play it in Chicago. That's that's the request here from the Hook Rocks. Play Odyssey. Yeah. And they did well, and they did they didn't play Mississippi Queen too. They played some old stuff. They played Juniper, Place in Time, uh, In Your Shadow, Get Myself Right, Quiet Heart. Uh, so they played nine songs. They played nine songs and uh yeah, but they and they closed with Mother Rebel. And I you can see that I posted that uh look. I know there's people who will record a whole concert when they go to the concert, but I want to enjoy myself when I'm, when I'm at the concert. So I'll usually record like one song uh, just to pass that on. And also to, to torment my son too, if he doesn't go to the show with me, uh, just to show him that what he missed. And that's why I also got Nick Reese to record a, uh, a message to him that he missed out. As I well saw too. that. That was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> that was really nice of him too. And, uh, uh, he didn't have to do that. Uh, I think the last band I had to do that for me actually was the Biters. Uh, and that was just because my daughter had wanted to go to that show. and But she had a babysitting engagement that she had committed to. And she's real big about keeping up her commitments. And she was she's like, well, I'll just catch them the next time they come to, they come to town. And that was their last show ever. Uh, wow. Yeah. And so uh, I got a, was it uh, Matt, the, uh, the guitarist and Ricky Dover to uh, record messages to her uh, saying, Hey, we're going to catch you next time we're in town. And uh, although that's never going to happen. So I still kind of feel bad about that, but probably should have let her come instead of doing the babysitting. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that, that was nice and Nick. How, how was the, the crowd reaction? I mean, uh, you know, I, I, that always means a lot to a live show and the synergy with the audience you know, is, you know, the audience is into it. The bands are feeding off of it. How was that experience? Well, okay. So that, that's a good question because I was kind of concerned about that going in there because I, I look, I live in Houston. I love Houston. Uh, but we haven't really supported bands when they come to town. And I, and I, I know I keep saying that and I'm hoping bands don't hear this and think I'm not, I'm going to skirt Houston, which I'm sure their managers probably telling them more than listening to this podcast about it. But, uh, so I was worried about that because I've been to a few shows. I saw Magnolia Bayou. There's 30 people there. And I felt terrible about that because that's a great band. Saw Zeta, another great band. And they're just from New Orleans. So not even that far away. Uh, and they had 30 people at the show as well, too. And I felt terrible about that. Half of the people that I brought there. Um, and then so going to this show, there was it wasn't a bad crowd that was there for Classless Act. And, you know, granted, I don't think maybe more than 5 to 10% of the people who were there probably knew of Classless Act before that night. Um, but they got into it. They got into it, uh, especially towards the end of the show. Like, you know, I think they knew this is a good band, even though they came there for Dorothy for the most part. They're like, Hey, you know, I'm glad we got here for this band. So the, the, the crowd was receiving them pretty good. Plus Derek Day brings the crowd in, you know, he's, you know, he's a showman. He's out there. He's a good front man. And he was pulling them in. So it went pretty good. He didn't have the crowd to Dorothy, but he was pulling them in. Joyous Wolf built on that. And I think there was, you know, maybe 15, 20 percent of the crowd knew about Joyce Wolf in there, it seemed like, you know, because I was telling people even before the show, no, this is a really good band. You're definitely going to pay attention to these people. Anybody would listen uh, who are asking. I didn't I don't go around and just solicit people. Yeah. Hey, have you heard of this band? I don't want to be that weird guy. Uh, but if somebody asks, do you know this band? I'll tell. Uh, but yeah, the and, you know, and, and Nick is he's all over the place. Uh, you know, and, and some people I know in our group here, 
you know, some people are not ex- extreme fans of his, uh, his tronics up on stage. I think it's great. James Brown, man. <laughs> right. I think it's great, man. You got to do something to draw the crowd in, and you got to right. build that energy up. And man, he does it. He gets right into it, that, and that's what you want from a front man. I want somebody who's absolutely one hundred percent, absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, so I disagree with anybody's like, oh, he does too much. No, I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I had a great time watching it too. Uh, but yeah, so he drew the people in, and Dorothy, people were there to see Dorothy, and the crowd really reacted to her, and she was getting. And people were, you know, clapping along with the songs and people were just, you know, stuff that you want to be at a big concert and you want to get that feeling. You want to feel the energy in the crowd as well as on stage. And she definitely had it there. You know, if you want to feel that and that's one of your things about going to see live shows, go see Dorothy because you're going to get it. Yeah. When I saw her a couple of years ago, she was fantastic. Um, Like I said, great stage presence. As far as Nick and Derek go, a lot of people, when they talk about newer bands, emerging bands, front men, electrifying rock star presence. The first name that always comes to mind is Luke Spiller from the struts. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, have you seen them? I haven't seen a lot. I've seen videos and things like that too. Okay. It's something we were actually just talking about at lunch today about going to see them. Yeah. You, you have to check them out. <laughs> I, I've seen Nick. I think Nick is right there with Luke and I'm really excited to see Derek uh, because of his energy that he, just has, just naturally has all this combustible energy um, inside of them. So I'm interested to see how those two um, play off of each other, you know, one after the other. I've seen Nick twice, um, just a, tr- a, a tremendous front man. So I, I, I think Nick and Luke are very much the rock star persona. I mean, I've talked with Nick. He does have that James Brown, Elvis type of, of, uh, of persona on there, old school. The people that were saying that it's too much probably weren't complaining when they saw Prince back in the day or David Lee Roth or whoever it was. Um, right. Because I, I think a front man should do that, right? That's, yeah. that's what I, I, the front man is the show. He's the showman. He's the, he's the lounge singer, Vegas act, you know, pulling people in, you know, while the band is just kicking ass behind him. He is the focus point. And nothing is, to me, more boring than a front man that just stands in front of the microphone and looks at his shoes. There you, you know? go. I mean, it's like, <laughs> come on. But um, Nick does it very well. Um, again, excited to see Derek. Dorothy has a different vibe, but a very cool vibe, very cool stage presence. And, you know, her voice is just just insane. Perfect point there, because there's another thing, too, is that these three these three bands, they can all sing. Uh, they can all sing. I mean, look at Derek Days, even his solo stuff that he does. This guy can sing. Nick Reese can sing. You see, uh, what Nick was uh, covering uh, Journey the other day, just acapella uh, on his uh, Facebook page, and he was killing it. And Dorothy, her voice is so strong. So, and, so if you're caught up in watching some of these old bands, like, look, I like Kiss. I like Kiss a lot. I've seen him live quite a few times. I don't want to see him again because Paul Van, Paul Stanley's voice is shot. He can go two songs before he, he starts cracking and you, and you can't listen to it anymore. And, and, and for the people who love Gene Simmons, that's awesome for you, man. But I, I don't love Gene Simmons songs. You know, so if there's half the set is Gene Simmons songs and him gargling into the microphone, 
if it's two or three Gene Simmons songs that are peppered in there, that's great. But Paul Stanley can't sing a whole concert anymore. And so they're trying to put in a million Gene Simmons songs. It's not a great show anymore. That's not the Kiss how I want to remember Kiss. And so you want to go hear somebody sing who can still sing well? Go see these new bands. You're going to get get the front man. You're going to get the show. And you're going to get something that's listenable. The last Kiss show I went to was late 90s when Peter and Ace were both in the band. And that's how I want to that's how I want to remember them. Right. Don't want to I don't want to I don't want to see Tommy Thayer. I don't want to see Eric Singer. I've seen him with Ace and Peter. That's that's it. You know, yeah, I don't want to. Those guys are great players, but they are. I've always liked Ace. I've always liked the way Ace played. I like his style. I like his feel, the way he played that, you know, the, the tone, all that stuff, too. And again, Singer, Thayer, great players. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying that they're not, and I'm not trying to hate on anybody. That's not what I'm here to do. But uh, it's just, I loved, I loved Ace Freely. I, I like Ace Freely solo stuff too. So do I. Yeah, you know, in terms of guitar heroes and guitar players, you know, I know everybody wants to talk about the players from the past and and you know who they are and, and you know the Eddie Van Halens and the Jimmy Pages and all those great guitar players. But there is a new breed of guitar heroes that are out there and you have a son um that plays guitar i have a a uh a son that's a junior in high school that plays guitar and some of the guys that he listens to are the new guitar heroes of today and blake is considered by my son as one of the best guitar players that are out there right griffin tucker phenomenal guitar player as well i mean that kid is like a prodigy you know when you consider you know when he started playing and and what he's done but there is a new breed of guitar players and, 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 you know, Griffin's got that bluesy Zeppelinish influence. Um, very technically sound. They're both are him and Blake are both very technically sound. And Blake has like this stone temple pilots slash type of mesh in his plane. That is, which is awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And you know, he, he sounds like Blake Allard. Griffin Tucker sounds like Griffin Tucker. And, you know, there's so many other great guitar players out there, too, that, you know, my son and I, we've done two episodes on guitar heroes of the new generation. Um, Griffin hasn't been featured yet, but Blake certainly has. And watching Blake play, and I'm only speaking on Blake because I haven't seen Griffin play yet, is it's, it's just tremendous. I mean, he gets lost in the moment. He's playing. He's got his eyes closed. He's just he's a, f- a phenomenal guitar player. Got a great feel, plays with great feel, great feel and tone. Uh, it just really kills it. You know, my my son really loves Nick Perry. Uh, yeah, another great guitar player. Yeah, yeah. And as a matter of fact, he's actually uh, he, he's gonna he's gonna start a new TikTok, and then he's I think the first thing he's gonna probably put on there is him doing the solo from uh, Nick Perry's. Jeez, uh, what's the Sun song? Album? Uh, yeah, but the uh, feel uh, feeling feeling, uh, feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. He's going to do yeah. the solo from that on. That's going to be the first thing he's going to do. I hear him practicing up, but it's it's you know it's kind of a stream of consciousness type of solo too. So he's he's working on that right now. He wants to put that out there. Uh, yeah, he he loves Nick Perry. He loves Goodbye June. Uh, like said, Nato from Dirty Honey. Uh, yeah, he's a big Stevie Ray fan too. Uh, loves Stevie Ray. Um, likes. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, oh, South of Eden. Uh, another band. Justin, he Justin's guitar. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. 
really digs. Oh, Magnolia Bayou. So Jared James Nichols and uh, Magnolia Bayou, two guys were finger style guitarists as well, too. You know, no picks, no nothing right there. I think he was, you know, we went, when we saw Magnolia Bayou, I mean, there was only 30 people in the venue. So we were able to get pretty close and up in person. He's like, this guy is unbelievable. He's an unbelievable guitarist. I mean, you know, all finger style plays with, you know, and the stuff he gets out of that guitar, you know, and Jared James Nichols is, you know, he's a real big proponent of that stuff. And, yeah. you know, he's his big blues power mother, you know, and uh, so he's out there, you know, he's like the guy who's out there and we didn't even realize the guy from Magnolia Bayou was doing it too. And that guy's really good. Um, and you talk about a rhythm section and, uh, and tone and the, the drummer is phenomenal in that band. I'm sorry, I'm getting off track here, but it's just, uh, you go see a good show and you want to talk about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when you think of guitar players, you know, one of the guys that's really impressed me, we'll get back to the to the show here in a second, but Travis McCready, McCready from Bishop Gun that you know I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um, he's got a tremendous voice, but he does these live stream shows every Tuesday on his Facebook page. And I'm telling you, he is a phenomenal guitar player. What day is that? Tuesday? Tuesday nights. I think 8 p.m. Central, 7 or 8 p.m. Central. So follow uh, Travis McCready on Facebook and uh, you will be, you will be uh, a big fan. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, I love stuff like that. That, Actually, that's actually what's one of those things is what got me started doing this, you know, doing the whole thing with the, with the Twitter and Facebook and everything like that for new, for new classic rock. It was, you know, fighters and, uh, Fighters had just finished, and it was going to be Tuck Smith and the Restless Heart, and he, I think he just released like his first single, "What Kind of Love," and he, his label wanted him to do something where he's going to keep the momentum going, and so he started doing these acoustic shows from his mom's attic uh, every. I can't remember what day it was, like every Thursday or something like that. And uh, my daughter and I would sit down, and I'd we'd uh, Apple TV it onto the big screen in the living room and turn it up on the stereo and watch him do his shows, and he'd talk in between each song. And one of the things he was talking about is like, hey, you know, it's really hard for bands to get to break in, you know, if they're playing rock music these days. Mm-hmm. It's hard for them to get heard. It's hard for them to get on radio. And uh, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, yeah. Why is that? Why, how come I can't hear these bands on these on, on radio? You know, because, look, it's not that I don't love modern hard rock. I like modern hard rock fine, but that's about the only kind of rock you can hear. And it's really getting melded into a lot of pop as well to these stations. And you can't hear a band that's playing straight ahead rock or anything even remotely similar to that anymore on radio. So he was talking about it and he was telling about how hard it is, how hard it is to get online and how hard it is to get people Spotify to, to promote your band as well too. And I was like, what can I do to help that out? And then not only that, I want to see bands live. It'd be pretty cool to find out about new bands. So I started researching it. Saw uh, websites on Facebook, like that new wave of classic rock. I know that's very, they try hard to promote some of the U.S. bands, but their base is majority U.K., so they're going to cater to the U.K., and it's not that they don't try. They do, but it's just it's very U.K. heavy. And so I was like, I'm going to do something for North America because I want to see these bands, and I want to get them out there and have other people go to the shows with me, too. It's a yeah, fractured I, community. It's a disjointed community. I just want to bring it I, I love your passion, and, and a lot of people in the Groove Council share that same passion of new rock, new music. Um, I love the new bands and I love the, the music that they're putting out. Uh, probably the first new band that I had heard was Greta um, when they had that EP that they released. 
And then uh, it just snowballed from there. You know, then it was the Struts and then it was Goodbye June. And there were some other bands too in there as well. Um, I I, want to see these bands succeed. Um, I think more so than ever, bands are doing it the right way. They're, they're, they're slowly building their fan base. Mm -hmm. They're going from small clubs, the bigger clubs, small theaters, to bigger theaters, to arenas. Um, You look at what Greta Van Fleet's doing right now, playing arenas, you know, um, playing college basketball arenas, basically. Um, They're a band that I could see playing stadiums within the next 10 years. Um, I think the Struts are on that same trajectory, too, as well. Uh, we have a band from the UK. I know the Amazons did a tour with Dor- with uh, Dirty Honey a couple Dirty years Honey. ago. Yeah. I saw uh, that. But yeah, Mysterines are coming over from the UK, which is a good sign because there's a lot of bands from overseas. There's bands from Canada. There's band. I mean, the Crownlands, uh, another fantastic yeah, yeah. band. I love the band The Warning from... Mexico, the, the three sisters are just absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to see them here at the end of April too, as well. Uh, Black hey, Top Mojo, be, which is that's you know, a great lineup there. right there. That, that's but, a great lineup right there. So was it Pretty Reckless, Hailstorm, that, I'm, and the I'm, Warning? Warning's headlining though. This is a this is a club show with the Warning. Oh, so so the, it's not with Pretty Reckless and Hailstorm, which I hope to see. I got to see if I'm going to be in town. I'll be doing a lot of traveling this summer, but. Um, but the warning is fan, the fan, warnings fan base is just so dedicated. It's incredible. They are. And I think when you talk about the bands like we have tonight with Classic Act, Joyce Wolf, Dorothy, the Greta's, the Goodbye Junes, the Struts, Dirty Honey, Mammoth, which we certainly, you know, cannot forget. Um, those are the bands that are really leading the push here in North America. And I think the warning because of their dedicated fan base in latin america you know in south america in spain and mexico here in the united states they will be a force to be reckoned with because of that dedicated fan base that they have uh crownlands you know the the influence they have from rush is so undeniable and those guys are two guys making that music so there are many other bands that we're not gonna you know we can't mention all of them but um (laughs) you know there's just so many great acts that are out there making music and touring and getting on the road. If you're a rock fan, there's no reason why you should be sitting on your ass, not going, not, not enjoying this. Go take a chance. If you want, if you want a recommendation, you can either DM me at the Hook Rocks or DM Carl at NCRNNA for a recommendation to see. Tell us where you live, okay, and. We will tell, we'll give you a couple options as to who to go see with new bands. And it'll be probably no more than 30 bucks a ticket, probably less than that, but 30 bucks a ticket is probably the high end uh, of, of, I think, I think I paid, gosh, 28 bucks a ticket for Dirty Honey and Mammoth. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's fantastic. And you're right there. Like you're right there. I mean, it's like, you're not sitting all the way in the third level where you're watching the screens instead of the performance on the stage. I mean, I would take that any day over, over screens. I saw Metallica, gosh, how long ago was it? Seven years ago, six, seven years ago. And I yeah. thought I, I saw him at Soldier Field in Chicago. I thought I got good seats. And I get there, and I forgot how long a football field is, you know, in reality. 
And I'm watching these guys at the other end of the football field. They look small and I'm watching screens and I paid 200 bucks a ticket to take my son. And I'm like, I'll never do this again. I paid 200. I'm watching a big giant jumbotron. Why would I want to do that? You know? Yeah, no, it's true. And and, and I tell people that too. I'm like, Hey, you hear these people say, man, I wish I saw Led Zeppelin back, you know, before they got big, or I wish I saw these, all these big bands now before they got big, you know, like I, general admission and i worked my way up there loudest concert i've ever seen uh but that you can't do that anymore you're not gonna be able to see those like that so it's like but if you want to see bands like that and you want to be close to the show and you want to be be part of the you know part of that see them now see them now this is your chance you know you want to be that person say i saw them when when they were you got to take a chance now but this thing is right now you don't have to take so much of a chance you can check them out on youtube you can check them out on spotify you can check them out on title you can check them out on amazon before you go there, it's so easy to do it right now. But go see them at these, you know, small areas. I saw Dirty Honey. I think there was two hundred people at the show when I saw Dirty Honey and Amazon's, and it was a great show. Uh, you can't beat it. And there are, and you're right. Uh, we got Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet when they play um, the ACL Music Fest up in Austin, they have a huge uh, group of people there. As a matter of fact, that was the whole way my uh, son's been able to get his band to do a, a Greta Van Fleet cover because. They went to ACL Fest and saw Greta Van Fleet and they're like, they're awesome. We got to play one of their songs. Yeah, I saw Greta at Lincoln Hall for the first time. And that's a capacity of like 200 people. And it was it was insane. And then I saw him two nights at the Aragon Ballroom, um, which is about 2,200 people. Um, And then they just canceled the show in Madison. My son and I... We're going to drive up to Madison, Wisconsin. They just, and I, I saw that they rescheduled, but they saw they put it up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And it's kind of like a, a no no for anyone from Chicago to drive up to Green Bay. Um, so I don't know if we're going to go that. We might go to Flint, Michigan, except we won't drink the water while we're in Flint. Um, yeah, yeah, don't drink the water. Uh, no, but so we may go to that show. But let me ask you this question sure. because. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day what our generation thinks of these new bands, right? Because we're not the demographic they need to capture. Agreed. How was the crowd in terms of overall demographic? Was there a lot of young people there? Well, uh, I think for Dorothy, well, first of all, we went there with my uh, my friend. One of the reasons why he wanted to go is because his daughter loves Dorothy. And she's like 10, 11. Uh, Good for her. Yeah, right. Uh, and she and I, actually, I turned her on to the warning as well too, and she thinks the warning is awesome. And so now she wants to see them when they come to town in May. Uh, but yeah, so the crowd for uh, for Dorothy there, you know, it was a real mix. Um, there's plenty of people there my age, and I'm thinking to myself, this is not who needs to be there at this concert. You need to have the younger people at these concerts. And uh, but it, but there was there was probably a good. I'd say probably a good 30, 40% of the crowd was like 20s and teens. Good. Um, you know, so, I mean, not not the overwhelming amount. But that's better than it's been over the last few years, though, right? I mean, if I if I talk about the Greta Van Fleet show that I saw at Lincoln Hall in Chicago, about 85% of the crowd was over 30, okay? Right. Um, and, you know, when I saw, I saw Blacktop Mojo in October. Um, I recently Great. went to the Mammoth Dirty Honey show. And what was cool about that was it was about 50, 60% young people under the age of 25. 
And, you know, my son and a bunch of his friends from school were right there in the middle. And it was, you know, a, a Chicago is a, a great rock town, um, but it had a lot of young people and a lot of young people that drove themselves. Right. Perfect. You know, which is which is cool. So, yeah. So when you talk about, you know, 30, 40 percent or in Chicago, 50, 60 percent, that's a lot better than what it was pre pandemic. Yeah, you can see some of the pictures uh, that some of the people took that were, I think, was Dorothy had somebody up there taking pictures of the crowd. And you could see some of those pictures and you could see those people who are like in their teens and 20s right up there on that front front part of the stage, too. But that was good to see. Uh, you know, I, look, I, was it, I think Iron Maiden said re- recently, yeah, I don't want to look out in the crowd and see a bunch of oldies like me out there. I want to see younger people at our, at our concerts. I don't know that they're going to get that. But I, I understand the sentiment, and that's and that's who has to be out there. That's why right. it, it warms my heart when I see my son's band. They're only they're doing, they're a cover band, and they and they play a lot of Led Zeppelin or Greta Van Fleet or or even Janis Joplin or something like that too. But they'll have crowds of like two hundred kids out there, all high schoolers at their concert, um, and all cheering it along. And they get booked for they get booked for private parties. Awesome. play play teenage parties and that's what they're playing or Stevie Ray Vaughan they're playing too and, and they're you know and kids are getting into it he's had kids come up to him like this is awesome this is exactly the guitar playing I want to see and uh and it warms my heart to see kids this age listening to that and, well, that's and getting excited about started. it as well that's how Van Halen started if you ever read the book Van Halen Rising they would have thousands of kids in the backyard they were playing covers yeah you know? and, and um they would have police helicopters break up the parties in, in, <laughs> in the valley in California. I mean, that's insane, you know. So all bands have to start that way. They have to play covers because, you know, listen, when you're when you're old guy our age, I shouldn't say old guy. When you're a guy our age and you're in a band, you're playing covers because you're you know you're playing as a hobby or whatever, you know. But when you're a young band, you're playing covers and you have aspirations to be in a band. Playing those covers helps you hone your craft. Right. Yeah. It helps you. It helps you become a tighter band. It helps you become a tighter player. Um, but eventually you want to get out and you want to write your original stuff, too. I mean, when you're in your 20s, early 20s, late teens, you don't want to be playing other people's music for the rest of your life. You want to get out there and, and, and see that. And I think a lot of people are doing that. I mean, I see it with my son, um, you know, jamming with his friends and, and having that relationship with you know more music oriented. He played hockey for 10, 11 years. And I've seen kind of like the, the shift. From you know the hockey player f- friend to now the musician friend, um, yeah. but you know the work ethic is the same. You know whether you're you know whether you're skating and trying to play hockey or whether you're trying to play guitar, drums, or bass or sing, the work work ethic has to be the same. You know you're going to have to fail and get back up and do it again. And the kids that do it, you don't have to worry about because they'll they'll put in the time in the work. It's like that skateboarder, right? Yeah. Everybody worries about, oh, this kid's skateboarding, he's wasting his life. But that skateboarder falls, hurts himself, gets right back up and tries to do that same maneuver again. Falls, hurts himself, gets right back up. You ain't got to worry about that kid. That kid's that kid gets it, what, what it takes to do something he likes. So it's nice to see, like when I saw the struts and Nick Perry over the summer, a lot of young people, college age and younger. I would say about 70% of the crowd was probably college age and younger. Awesome. Um, so it's nice to see that. It's nice to see that kids are coming out to shows. They are gravitating towards the music. They are starting to. You know, the numbers are certainly not where they need to be, but I do think they are trending in the right direction. Rome yeah, wasn't I, built I, in a day. 
you know? Yeah, that's why I don't want to be too obtrusive in that show. I don't want to be up front and I want the, I want kids up front. I want yeah. uh, kids having a good time. They don't need me sitting in front of them or something like that trying to relive my 20s or something like that. They uh, they need to enjoy themselves. I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to be at a live show and uh, having a good time, you know, on my own. Uh, and I don't need to be up in the I don't need to be up at the front anymore. Uh, it, I had those times. It was fun. But uh, I don't need to do that anymore. But yeah, uh, at, the, at the Mammoth uh, Dirty Honey show, uh, Skylab was there. High Stick Mick was there. And Chris, who's not in the Groove Council, who should be in the Groove Council. I got an extended invite to him. But they were all there. Uh, Skylab brought his son. I brought my son. And then he went and went with all his friends, in the, in the, which is what's, what he's supposed to do. And then High Stick cool. Mick yeah. brought the, uh, the Italian mob with him. Um, <laughs> he brought the, hey, yo, hey, you know, the guys, you know, they're, they're, they're all good, good people. His brother-in-law. And his uh, his friend from Longo and some other guys too as well, and Chris you know came too as well. He's from my hometown, Desplaines. But awesome. yeah, we sat in the back and let the young people, you know, do what they need to do. You know, get out there and and uh, and rock out. Pop music offers nothing to young people. It offers <laughs> you nothing. Um, rock music, once it gets in your blood, will never leave you. The songs that you hear for the first time, the personal songs that speak to you in your journey in life will always speak to you that way. Pop music will never speak to you that way. Prove me wrong. Seriously. Um, That rock and roll is just, it's, it's, it's medicine for the soul. It really is. And um, you know, for young people that are listening or parents of young people, get them to shows. You know, yeah. I, I hear that constantly on social media. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't listen. Take them to a rock show. Yeah. And like you said, when he was five to Butch Walker in Kentucky, <laughs> I drove four and a half hours to Kentucky to take my son after a soccer game. And he's been hooked ever since. That was it. <laughs> That's it. The thing is, it doesn't cost that much to see no. these new bands. Like you just, you've said that a couple of times, you know, and it, that's the, that's the best thing about it. You want to dip your toes in. It's not going to cost you a lot of money, you know, and, and take them to show and, and pack those places, man, and support these bands and buy their merchandise, you know, because that's how they're making their money these days is selling their merchandise and selling physical copies of the media as well, too. And a great point I want to make, because I know you feel it with your son and yeah. your daughter. It's a great way to bond with your kid. Oh yeah. My son and I, we have that connection with music. You know, my son's telling me, Dad, if you listen to this band, I'll tell him, hey, you know, check out this band. And it's a bond that is, it's just you develop taking your kid to a show, take him to dinner, you know, go get Mexican food or a pizza before a show. Talk to your kid about the bands. When you're on the way home, you're talking about the show. Those are moments as a parent that there isn't enough money in the world that can that can overcome that experience of going to a show, going to dinner going to show and talking about it on the way home. It's yeah. such a, you know, I mean, if you really are looking for a connection for your kid or with your kid, take into a rock and roll show, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. It's and I'm, I'm going to miss that next year when he's in college, but, uh, but yeah, we do that now. Maybe, well, like if he's going to, if, if he's up in Austin, we'll see if he's going to be in Austin, but if he's in Austin, then uh, that'd be an excuse for me to get up to Austin to see a show. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to go see, go to Austin for a show. Cause I heard it's got a great music scene. It does. It does have a great view. It's not the same Austin as it was 20 years ago, 
what, you know, what stays the same, nothing stays the same, no. but, uh, but there's still a lot of bands that are up there and there's and a lot of bands that swing through there as well, too. They got some great local bands that are up there. Blackheart Saints are up there. Yep. Uh, Ratchet Dolls are up there. Paul Val is up there. Uh, uh, what's it? Um, Jason, uh, Jason Kane and the Jive are up there. Cause they're, well, they're in San Antonio, but they're in Austin from time to time. Uh, so a lot of good bands that are playing there locally, you know, quite a bit, you know, so it's, it's you usually get a weekend where you've got at least one of those bands that are there. I want to do a weekend in Nashville um, because the Nashville music scene, rock music scene insane. is, is insane right now. The dead deads, true villains, you know, Abby K's down there. There's, I mean, there's so many people that are moving down. There. I want to go like Friday and Saturday wall to wall shows, just go see these bands that I've been talking to on the, on the podcast and uh, just, you know, have a good time and, and enjoy some shows. Goodbye. June is down there. Yeah. Greta, I think, lives in Nashville now. Yeah, well, a lot of them have moved there. A lot of them. Yeah. Isn't Tuck there now, too? Tuck's there. Amy Darling's there. Um, man, there's so many Nashville-based artists now. Ace Fine Johnson lives there. Was that a new band? Uh, Shaky DeVille, I think, is there, too, if I remember correctly. Naked uh, Gypsy Queens. Naked Gypsy Queens. Yeah, it's a great scene there. You couldn't yeah. do it in one weekend. Yeah. You got to stay there for a few months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Um, that's, the, that's the problem right there, though. You know, yeah, you, yeah. Pull you in there. But no, the rock scene in Nashville um, is really just taking off because a lot of bands, too, from other areas are moving there as well. You know, they used to go to L.A. And with the cost of living out in California, um, you know, just to get a place to live and then gas prices and all that stuff. Plus, there's a, there's a lot of pay to play in 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 L.A. That's um, ridiculous. Nashville is really the place to be. And I know there's, there's that old mentality that, you know, you got to cut it in LA in order to, to make it. I don't think that's, that's true any longer. I don't think that is in, in Nashville. You have more of a community. You have more people that want to help you, more people that want to support you. Where in LA, more people are trying to cut you off at the knees. But you better be good in Nashville. You better oh, be yes, good. You, yeah. You better have your shit together. Yeah. Cause your competition is huge there. Yeah. What I hear from everybody is that, you know, yeah, you know, if you want to get on the better stages there in Nashville, you better be pretty good. You better not just pretty good. You better be really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause cause play, that's, yeah. People sit there with their arms folded across their chest, like impress me, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. It's just, well, it's like Tex-Mex in Houston, you know, it, it, there's a lot of, there's like 300 people or 300 restaurants you can go to in Houston that have Tex-Mex. But you better, but so your service better be pretty good, and your uh, and, yeah. and the food better be pretty good because there's a lot of choices. Yep. No, and plus two, if you want the community to help you, you got to be, you got to have your shit together. You really have to, yeah. you know, you got to know, you know, know what you want to do. You can't just go there and well, maybe I'll do a Nashville or whatever. No, you're <laughs> going there. You're ready. You got to be ready to go. Yeah, you better be fully committed because it's not a it's not a half ass kind of thing there. What's the next show for you? Well, uh, I'm trying to see if I feel like I can make a Wednesday night show for the Dead Deads in the darkness, or in darkness. Uh, I don't know if I can do a Wednesday show after doing a Monday show last week, and I'm kind of torn up because uh, I wanted to go see Magnolia Bayou again this weekend, but I'm going to be uh, my parents' day for my daughter, so uh, this week is getting kind of ruined because they were that was going to work out pretty good. And then uh, let me see. Um, might be going to see Christian Shields on the 14th. Have you seen him before? 
I've not seen him before. I do want to see him. Yeah, I want to he, see him I, too. He was a uh, well. He was a uh, just a couple of days ago. I, I didn't have it on my calendar. He was up uh, about twenty miles, thirty miles north of me, and I saw him post on Facebook that he just played up there. I was like, "Wow, I missed that one. That was my fault." Uh, but yeah, he's going to be someplace close on the fourteenth, so I might be going to that show. That's I want awesome. to see him. Yeah, I do. I want to see him too. Hopefully, he gets up here to Chicago at some point. Um, my next shows, I doing the trifecta at the end of the month with, with my son, 28th, the warning, 29th, Buck Cherry and Blacktop Mojo. And then the 30th, Dorothy, Joyce Wolf and Classes Act. I'm trying to think if I'm going to a show prior to that. I might go see John Karabi and Donnie V. Um, I may go see me. that. You're uh, killing me. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> is there any other shows in April? And then in May, the Mysterines. Uh, and I know Drab is coming in August, but I'm sure I'll be at shows before then. Um, yeah, most more than likely I'll be at shows. But oh, yeah, yeah, man, I'll, it's going to be a great year Saints next month. And I got Blackheart Saints next month coming into town. So yeah, I'd love uh, to see them too. Yeah, they you know they've really they've really started to put together some good singles out there. And uh, I think they have a they have a pretty good trajectory right now if they keep it up. Pretty and I want to see the Gaslight Anthem. I got to go see that. That'd be, that'd be a good show too. Really, yeah. really good show. There, there's something. I mean, look, I got a, I got a list of like, I don't know, fifty or sixty bands that I 100 percent want to see, and then there's another fifty, sixty bands that I would probably go see. You know, given the you know, given the right date, it's just getting harder to do, do those weekday shows. It is. It is. It's so, not not just like, you know, because we got to get our sleep, but like your ears, like the next day, <laughs> you know, like I'm on the phone at work and I'm like, huh, what? <laughs> you know, it's like, I still remember, gosh, I was, I had a job interview in 1998. I was 23 years old. And the night before I saw Iron Maiden at the Aragon Ballroom and uh, in Chicago, and I was at the front and I got, I walked in this interview. I could not hear a damn thing. And, um, I got the job. I just, you know, I, I got bits and pieces of what she was asking me and I just <laughs> gave like the foundation answers. And, you know, I got, I got, a, I got the job like two days later, but I couldn't hear anything at that oh, yeah. job interview. So, yeah, no, my ears were ringing for three days after Judas Priest. That was, that was yeah. loud. Yeah. And I was pretty close up for that one. Paid pretty good tickets for that one. Uh, but yeah, so after that, I, whenever I'm going to be that close up, so I, uh, saw Skid Row five feet away from the stage, and uh, I wore ear protection for that one because my son said, "Well, can we get these VIP tickets?" My son loves Skid Row, and uh, he said, "Can we get these VIP tickets?" I'm like, well, how much do they cost? And it was like thirty bucks or something like that. I was like, "Yeah, we can get the VIP tickets," and uh, and I brought ear protection just in case. And I saw the VIP tickets. It was this like fifteen by fifteen foot roped off area that was right on the stage i was like oh yeah i'm i'm wearing ear protection for this one I, it's uh it, this is gonna be loud and it was and they were great too and this is the yeah, it, this was the one with the uh x dragon force singer which i guess they got a new singer right now too i guess we're not supposed to talk about older bands but uh but that was that was a good show and uh yeah, their new singers from the swedish band heat the old singer from heat which is a really good band oh, yeah, I like, band. I like yeah i like yeah 
Well, Carl, it's been a good time. It's been a blast. I I, I love the passion. I love how you, how you support the bands and what you do with your statistics online and everything. I think that's awesome. We got to talk about that next time you come on because um, that's really important too. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's that crowdsourcing thing. I think. Yeah. To a certain extent, you know, you get people. You know, other people see other people listening to it. Like, well, what am I missing out on? You know, and it allows them to build on that. That's so, but we can talk about that next time. Sorry about that. But, no worries, uh, yeah, man. We can talk about that next time. Absolutely. I don't That's know how much people want to hear about statistics, but uh, people love but that I, stuff. I that. People love that <laughs> stuff. Don't they love the the rock and roll geeks and nerds? Man, thrive and salivate over that stuff. The 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 Christine Eagle when she's on and Rob from Skylab Tapes. Man, when he talks about audio or. Uh, Christie's talking about NFTs and blockchain. People just eat that up like a bowl of oatmeal, you know? So, well, hey, man, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. All right, man. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. Anytime. New music is our passion. It's why we do this podcast. Thanks for joining me, Carl, at NCRNNA. You can find him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, He's always posting cool stuff, analysis of where bands are getting their listens and their streams from and why that's important. Um, So check that out. Give him a follow wherever you're at, wherever you're listening. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Go see a live show this spring and summer and fall. Go take your kid if you want to go go, uh, have a connection, lifelong connection with your kid. Uh, Take care, everybody. We'll talk soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.